Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. Delta pilots vote to authorize a strike one week to the midterms and what unions are doing in the country. Today on the show, the latest from the Ohio AFL-CIO, and we'll check in with the St. Paul, Minnesota building trades. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 1st edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. Tim Berga, president of the Ohio AFL-CIO, is going to be our first guest on the show today. And this being the fact that it's one week to Election Day, the midterm elections, he's going to pretty much detail what the Ohio AFL-CIO is doing around the state to make sure that those who are registered to vote exercise their vote and to educate all members, union, non-union, they're knocking on doors or doing everything, to make sure you know where the candidates stand on working class issues. And this is part of a coordinated campaign by the National AFL-CIO. You might want to go to this website, aflciovotes.org forward slash vote. Let me repeat that, aflciovotes.org forward slash vote. And you could look up your information since we're podcast nationally You can do this any time of day and educate yourself on the issues. Let me give you an example of what's going on. In four of the battleground states, we're talking Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, hospitality workers with Unite Here are talking to thousands of voters in a program the union calls Workers to the Front. Unite Here is leading the largest statewide canvassing efforts in Nevada, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. And this is with support from the AFL-CIO, other unions, and many allies. Already, already, Unite Here canvassers have hit more than 1.5 million doors. And they're not stopping until Election Day, one week from today. For months, Unite Here members have been knocking on doors to elect candidates who support working people and stop anti-worker politicians from getting control of the U.S. Senate and state governments. They have recruited hundreds of people from across the union to staff out its programs in those states where canvassers work full-time six days a week to move unlikely voters to the polls in those tight races. Now, get this. The canvassers with Unite Here's program in Nevada, led by its largest affiliate, the Culinary Union, Unite Here Local 226, very, very powerful union. They have knocked on over 711,000 doors, and they are on track to hit 1 million by November 8th. The union has hit more doors in Nevada than it did two years ago in a presidential election in Pennsylvania. Unite Here canvassers, led by locals 274 and 634, a little shout out there, 
They've uh, knocked on over a half million doors in Philadelphia and surrounding areas targeting black, brown, and low-income neighborhoods. Then we go to Arizona, Unite Here, Local 11, leading a major canvassing operation which hit a quarter million doors last week. In Georgia, Unite Here, Local 23, standing up to the union's newest operation in Columbus, Georgia. In each of those states... High-stakes races are determined by very razor-thin margins. So pretty much the stakes could not be higher, and that's primarily what Tim is going to talk about in the state of Ohio. I mean, every labor federation in all 50 states, they're doing everything possible to make sure voters are educated. I got one story here out of uh, North Carolina where voters will decide whether to elect a former SEIU member, Sherry Beasley. And that could uh, change the makeup of the Senate. Don Mullen will be joining us later in the show on behalf of the St. Paul, Minnesota Building Trades Council. And he comes from the uh, Painters and Allied Trades. He uh, started in Anaheim, California in October of 1998 working at the uh, Freeman Decorating Company. He was a trade show installer and driver. Then he um, moved to uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. This was in uh, March of 2006, and he worked as a trade show installer for the painters and allied trades there. Then he started moving up the ranks of the union. He is currently a secretary treasurer and a chair of the credit committee. And uh, he's going to talk about the outreach that they're doing. They're doing a really good job, from what I understand, with uh, county, city, and school districts across their east metro area to get young people on the, the right pathway to the middle class, get involved in the trades. They're starting this conversation in the middle schools. Now, typically... It's in high school because in high school, you're finally realizing, oh, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to work for my you know, dad's business, but they're going to middle school. And this will be an interesting conversation because we'll find out how successful that is going. Um, some of the barriers going into the trades, like a child care, a lot of women, that's the problem because they're trying to get more females involved in the trades. But if you have kids, what do you do? What do you do about that? And making sure you have a driver's license. And keep in mind, it doesn't take too much to lose your driver's license. When you're young, okay, let's face it, we're a little bit crazy when we turn 18. And when we're 19 and 20, we're still a bit crazy. We get pulled over again and again. And all of a sudden, the license disappears. Well, you know what? You don't have that driver's license. You're in big trouble, especially if you're young. So what What are the trades doing about that? Obviously, somebody's getting a ride. Don Mullen will be joining us to talk about that and more as our second guest. What's happening in our world of labor? Let's find out. This segment on America's Workforce brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at BoydWatterson.com. The utility workers on, this was last Tuesday, they announced that 70 workers at Liberty Utilities in Columbus and Gainesville, Georgia, have voted to form a union with the Utility Workers Union of America. 
Liberty Workers Organizing Drive was motivated by concerns about workplace practices and safety, on-call policies, and low wages. This in comparison to the company's wage rates across the country. This is our second organizing victory in the South over the past few months, which is especially challenging, a challenging part of the country to win union campaigns. That comment from James Slevin, who is the uh, national president of the utility workers. He said, we welcome this group to the union and look forward to representing them as they work to bargain their first contract. Let's go to South Florida now. AFSCME, Florida's newest members who work for the South Florida town of Surfside, have voted overwhelmingly to ratify their first contract. For AFSCME members like Willie Perez, who's a parking enforcer and member of the bargaining team, the contract is a bright spot in a town that's trying to move on from the tragedy of that condo collapse. Remember that? Killed 98 people last year. Willie said that whole period was very tough on everyone and still tough on everyone. As AFSCME members, we know that through strength and solidarity, we can take on any challenge. The pace of unionization at Starbucks stores has slowed down a tad. There were only eight union petitions filed in August, which is the smallest number since December when the first Starbucks cafe voted to unionize. Now, that slowdown, mind you, has coincided with the company's aggressive anti-union campaign, which includes closing unionized stores and offering benefits only to non-union stores. Some Starbucks baristas have argued that this practice has chilled organizing activity. So they're in a lull right now, but uh, they're not stopping. In the meantime, 15,000 Delta Airlines pilots have voted to authorize a strike after negotiations for a new contract were paused due to the pandemic. The pilots, who are represented by the Airline Pilots Association, last negotiated their contracts back in 2016. Now, they started the talks up again in April of 2019, and the employees and the airline entered a mediation stage that was in February of 2020, but you know what happened a month later? We had the shutdown due to COVID-19. Well, the renegotiations resumed in January. Today, Delta is saying it's nearly 15,000 pilots sent a clear message to management that we are willing to go to the distance to secure a contract that reflects the value we bring to Delta Airlines as frontline leaders and longtime stakeholders. That comment from Captain Jason Ambrosi. Jason is chairperson of the Delta Master Executive Council. This was posted in a news release. Turns out about 96% of union members participated in that strike authorization vote, with about 99% of those participants voting in favor of the matter. That's a clear majority. Yes, yes, it is. Now, here's the response from the company. Spokesperson Drake Castaneda said in a statement, Delta pilots are not on strike, so this authorization vote will not affect our operation for our customers. And he went on to say that there's only, quote, a few contract sections to resolve and that the company is confident 
that they can come to a resolution. Now, let me point out, a strike at Delta by the pilots can only occur if the National Mediation Board decides that further mediation attempts would be futile. That board would then offer arbitration to both sides, and if they decline, a 30-day cooling-off period begins. After those 30 days, the employees can choose to strike or management can enforce a lockout. Very similar to the rail industry. And uh, right now, we should probably get some indication in the next two weeks. They had that tentative agreement. At least two unions have voted down that agreement. They have like uh, 12 unions involved in the rail. But cooling off period, that has come and gone. And uh, we're at that point right now. Again, I want to call attention to an interview that we did some weeks ago on this show with Dennis Pierce. Dennis Pierce is the man in the middle. And he comes from the uh, Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen. And he was chosen to be the point person in all of those talks. And that show's getting a lot of downloads. So if you uh, go to awfpodcast.com, you might want to check that out, especially if you're in one of those affiliated unions. And do us a favor, too. If you listen to that show, and I know you're going to like it, share it with your union brother or sister. We appreciate that. All right, quick break. When we come back, Tim Berga of the Ohio AFL-CIO. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, Canada and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers. Standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SBS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF. 
Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency, always connecting people with employment. And you can find more at ulagency.org. In fact, Dave Meganhart, Executive Director of the ULA, will be joining us tomorrow. We've got uh, Tim Berga on line number one. Tim, of course, president of the Ohio AFL-CIO. Before we uh, talk to him, i got to tell you, I was mentioning that story prior to the uh, break here about what's happening in North Carolina where uh, voters have a chance to elect a union sister. That would be Sherry Beasley. And she's running for Senate, and she's a former member of the Service Employees International Union. So to drum up support, it's a great story. They had a rally in Charlotte over the weekend, and uh, they wanted to get some media attention. So when the people showed up, they had a chance to dump a bucket of ice water on Mary B. McMillan. Now, Mary B. is the head of the North Carolina State Labor Federation, along with uh, Anthony Towner. Now, Anthony is the political coordinator, and apparently they got a pretty good crowd there, and they were dumping ice water on them to uh, call attention to the importance of, hey, you know what? We got a union sister on the ballot. Let's make sure she gets elected. <laughs> and even Liz Schuler showed up. She joined a bunch of people for a virtual uh, phone bank, and uh, apparently she's been traveling the state as well. That's pretty much a purple state, so they're doing everything possible to make sure that pro-worker candidates, like Sherry, win the election one week from today. Let's go to our live line right now. Now, Tim, I don't know. Bucket of ice water, that might be a little harsh for you. What do you think? No, I could do it. I mean, some have suggested I'm all wet anyway, so uh, (laughs) mostly on the corporate side, but uh, President McMillan, she's such a good labor leader and a good sport, so uh, good for her for doing that. And I'm sure everybody had a good time with it and and got some uh, really good uh, mobilization going for their candidates there. Tim, I was just doing a brief rundown of what's going on in various states. Nevada's a big one. We've got some uh, bellwether states like uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania. And I'll tell you, the AFL-CIO nationally has really put the pedal to the metal to make sure that voters are educated on the issues and uh, the the right candidates, the pro-worker candidates, get elected. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you have been working overtime to make sure that the right things happen in the state of Ohio. Can you uh, detail what's been going on here, Tim? Well, we do what we always do, and that's uh, inform and educate union members about the candidates that, through our um, uh, thorough process that we've endorsed, making sure they understand where these candidates stands on the, stand on the issues most important to trade unionists and working people. So we're out there, you know, um, getting the message across. Uh, you know, we go to the doors, we go to the work sites, we do the phones, direct mail, social media. So... Uh, it's all in, in, in process right now and, and really going uh, uh, really, uh, really high tech and uh, grassroots combined. So uh, full speed ahead uh, from now till Election Day, through Election Day. And, you know, we're working hard for our endorsed candidate for the Senate, Tim Ryan. Tim, as you know, Flash, as we've said, has uh, full union support and uh then there's a lot of important races. We've talked about the importance of uh, really changing the Ohio Supreme Court um, and, and keeping it 
to where the people can have a have their say and have the rule of law followed. So we've endorsed the Democratic candidates there uh, because of this redistricting issue and the unfair maps that have been drawn, trying to get some balance put back in Ohio and and have the Constitution followed and the will of the voters followed. So a lot of high profile races, uh, again, you know, the Senate race, the Supreme Court. There's some really important congressional races and state legislative races, county commission races. So a lot going on, and uh, union members are out there doing their part. Tim, if you don't mind, can we get into uh, the the craziness that's going on in America? You, you know what happened to uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband in California last Friday. I'm wondering what you're hearing. What, what, are, what are the unions saying about it? I know the AFL-CIO nationally has issued a statement on that. But uh, the rhetoric is is toxic right now. It really is. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of people right now thinking, man, I don't even know if I want to go to my, my election place or even drop off a ballot. I mean, in Arizona, there was somebody dressed in uh, army fatigues with the uh, military-style weapons kind of intimidating voters what are you hearing from from folks in the state of ohio i hope some of that is not happening here but what are you hearing well we're not going to be deterred we're going to get out the vote that's why this important is so election it's about do we want to go backwards do we want to go back to the, the craziness that we experienced for four years every day it was some new drama uh some new lie uh, to, uh simply seeking to divide america and I'll give Trump credit for one thing. He did do a really good job at dividing America, but I believe it's going to be rejected at the polls this year. I believe the voters want to move past that. They want to go forward. They want good jobs. They want their pensions protected. Uh, they want to be able to, you know, enjoy life and not have uh, two countries so divided. And I believe that that's on the ballot this year. And all you have to do is look at January 6th and see where, all that rhetoric, all that hate-filled politics got us, and yeah. uh, we're better than that. And Tim Ryan's been talking a lot about that on the stump that we've got to be, be we've got to move past that. We're on one team; it's the American team. Get done with the stupid fights. Let's move forward and have real discussions about issues that matter most. And that's why this election is so important. Democracy's on the ballot. Sanity's on the ballot. Decency's on the ballot. And a lot of really important issues to move Ohio forward, and Ohio's positioned nicely to uh, to dominate the the jobs and the industries of the future uh, if we can move past this this polarization. And I believe Tim Ryan's the person that can get us there. I'm glad you brought up the January 6th situation because I know nationally the AFL-CIO is they put it very bluntly. You mentioned democracy; they, they said freedom is on the ballot. And I'm just wondering, in your travels around the state of Ohio, do a lot of people realize that our freedom is really on the ballot? Do they understand that right now, Tim? Well, all sorts of freedoms, right? There's freedom for you know women to choose what they want to do with their body and decisions between themselves and their doctors. There's freedoms uh, to where the rule of law is going to be followed, where our Constitution is going to be followed. So um, it's, it's definitely the undercurrent. Uh, that's there this election cycle, you know, how, how deep and penetrating it goes sometimes, uh, you know, if you can't, if you didn't see January 6th and think that 
our freedoms are in jeopardy and democracy is on the ballot, then I don't know what will convince you. But, you know, we just got to keep we just got to keep moving forward with the right sort of message, the right sort of tone and put ideas out there and have a vision. And this election really is about that. Do we want to move forward as one nation or do we want to go backwards into the chaos and the division, the hate, the fear? All those things. And I believe Ohioans and Americans are going to choose. Let's put that behind us. We can have our partisan differences. Remember the good old days flash when we sat around and argued about corporate taxes and um, policy issues that were economic driven and not just all this nonsense uh, about uh, about culture wars. And right. I believe America and Ohio is ready to get past that. What are you hearing about voting so far? Because um, I bring that up typically in midterms. It's a little bit less, but I'm hearing in various parts of the country it's picked up to even more than a presidential election. What do we know in the state of Ohio? And how do you feel well, about voting yeah. a week from today? Well, we're encouraging everybody to get out there and express their choice um, and vote. Uh, we compare this election to the last midterm election in 2018 and 2018 was high turnout. And this election is on pace, if not just a little bit ahead of 2018 in that regard. So seems like, seems like Ohioans are ready to do their part, get out there and vote. And, and really that's what we, we urge all Ohioans to do. And we simply ask that you be informed with the facts. And that's our job is to make sure that trade unionists, our retirees, our active workers, uh, those that live uh, in the House with our union members understand what's at stake, what the issues are, and where the candidates stand on them, and and how their union has determined uh, to get involved in this election and who they're supporting. So that's our job, and that's what we're doing. There's a lot of information out there. And before you join the show, I mentioned the uh, national website, what the AFL-CIO is doing, aflciovotes.org forward slash vote and since we're nationally podcast those of you listening in your respective uh, cities and states make sure you go to that website look up the information and if you're a senior and i know we got a lot of seniors in the country go to retiredamericans.org retiredamericans.org and they have done a great job listing the issues that seniors are very concerned about social security and Medicare. We have politicians that are running next week that would like to what they call sunset those programs. In other words, well, you know what? Maybe we really don't need Social Security. We're going to revisit that. Maybe it may, you know what? Maybe we'll just chop it down a little bit. You know, there's, there's, we need to save some money. This is argument's been going on for a long time. And there's politicians, like I said, that are on the ballot that would like to uh, chop, chop, chop. And the Alliance has done a really good job rating the politicians who is uh, strong on Social Security, who is not strong on Social Security and Medicare. So, like I said, there's a lot of information out there. I'm hoping that people are uh, are accessing that information. Tim, I'm going to let you go here in a few minutes, but I, I want to pick your brain a little bit more on the uh, the individual races. And I know, especially with the uh, Supreme Court, Supreme Court races are very important because if a law is passed, it may not be constitutional. And that's obviously where the Supreme Court comes in. And we have an interesting situation in the state of Ohio where one justice, that would be Jennifer Bruner, 
is running for another seat, and that would be the chief justice seat. Tim, can you tell us why that's important, the role of the chief justice of the Supreme Court? Can you explain that part? Well, yes. The chief justice sets the agenda for the Ohio Supreme Court and uh, has a lot of sway over uh, judicial uh, things that are happening throughout the state. Um, And the Ohio Supreme Court races are so important because if we've seen here uh, in this state, the Ohio Redistricting Commission pretty much snubbed their nose at the voters that voted to change the way our congressional and state legislative maps are drawn. And six times the Ohio Supreme Court has rejected those maps, and they rejected them along bipartisan uh, lines, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that Jennifer Bruner is chief justice because this is unsettled law. We're actually voting for congressional and state legislative candidates for maps that have been ruled unconstitutional a total of six times. So uh, they've got to settle this question, and uh, I don't think it's going to get settled the way the the voters of Ohio wanted it settled when they voted for these measures, and that's why we've backed Jennifer Bruner for chief justice, Marilyn Zayas, judge from the Cincinnati area, for the Supreme Court, and Terry Jamison, a judge from Franklin County for the Supreme Court. So we can at least let the rule of law be applied here. So that's the importance of it. And really, it's about getting back to uh, putting some balance in this state. Uh, This is not a far right state. It just isn't. When you ask Ohioans about the issues that matter most to them, we're actually a fairly progressive state. Um, but the reality of it is when you've got these legislative lines that are so rigged and gerrymandered that it creates an unbalanced environment and uh, policies that move at the state house don't reflect Ohio Ohio's real nature. So that's the importance of the Ohio Supreme Court and, and really this cycle. It's always been important for our issues, flash, as you know, injured worker issues, unemployment compensation, uh, all the things that matter to, to organize labor, but this even goes beyond that, and that's why we're really working hard on these races. Six times rejected. Six times rejected the uh, the maps. Now I have to ask you one more question. I apologize here. I know you're busy. Uh, when are they going to revisit that? Uh, I would assume it would be right after the election or what? Well, the you know the, it needs to be resolved before the, uh, the 2024 election. So this next session of the Ohio Supreme Court, is when they should be taking it up. Um, so we certainly will be pressing and working with all the good governance groups in the state that have been outraged by what's happened. And uh, so we're hoping that soon after this year's elections in the first of the year that they'll get to the business of actually drawing and uh, fair maps and constitutional maps, which we don't have currently. All right, Tim, I'll let you go. Finally, I'll let you go here. I know you're busy. You take care. We'll hope for the best and uh, work for the best one week from today, and we'll uh, we'll talk all about it next month. Okay, my brother? All right. Thanks, Flash. Take care. All right, Tim Berger, president of the Ohio AFL-CIO. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with Don Mullen. Don is the executive secretary of the St. Paul, Minnesota Building Trades Council. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. 
The men and women of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Layuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Layuna at Layuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA News Guild, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up, receive our shows on a regular basis, and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. And thank you for listening to America's Workforce. Because of you, we are in the top 10 to 15%, closer to 10 of all podcasts in America. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of podcasts out there. So we appreciate America's workforce and what we do for you as a union brother or sister. Right now, let's go to one of our brothers in St. Paul, Minnesota. That would be Donald Mullen. Donald comes from the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. And right now, he is Secretary Treasurer of the St. Paul, Minnesota Building and Construction Trades Council. Mr. Mullen. Welcome to America's you, Workforce. How we doing, brother? We're doing good. How about yourself? Good, good, good. How, how's the weather up there? I mean, that's uh, that's snow territory. I know it might be a little bit premature, but how are we looking over there? You know, listen, today it's, uh, it's 70 degrees and it's just beautiful outside. Uh, and it's almost like you need to get out and ride your motorcycle today because it's so beautiful. Uh, there you go. And I'm sure a lot of people are doing that all around the country. Yeah, there's some interesting areas. I, I know there's like a winter weather advisory in some parts out west, but I, I know your area gets hit pretty hard, much like northeastern Ohio. We record the show at Iron Workers Local 17, based in Cleveland, Ohio. I just want to give a little shout out there for Local 17. But I want to talk to you about... Yeah, iron workers. There's a tough breed there, no doubt about that. Now you come from the painters and allied trades. Talk to me about that part. 1998 was the year. What made you decide to go uh, with the painters? Well, you know, honestly, so I'm a second generation member. My dad uh, had joined uh, in the late 70s, uh, right after I was born, and 
you know, it's, it was a good life. I mean, I remember him growing up explaining to us as kids how uh, how great it was to be a part of an organization and collectively bargain uh, for rights and have health care and all those other things. And, and the industries that he had come out of, you know, when he was younger, uh, just weren't were cut didn't when then he got a family and it kind of changed the world kind of changed my life forever so uh and then uh when i joined my brother's a member too so this is kind of like a family thing gotcha yeah i see you started in anaheim and then you found your way to st paul what what made you go to uh, st paul minnesota the weather I'll be honest with you i i love the cold i'm like a polar bear and uh you know i wanted uh, to experience the four seasons you know, honestly, uh, it was time for a change. I'd spent uh, a lot of time in, in Southern California, and everybody goes, you know, there's just so many people there. Uh, I figured, you know, there's 39 million people, I think, now in California. They weren't missing my five. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So talk to me about the St. Paul uh, Building and Construction Trades Council, your territory, how many unions are affiliated. Give me all the details on that, Don. So we are, uh, we're the umbrella group for all the union construction trades across the, the eastern metro, as we like to say. Uh, we have 15 affiliated uh, unions uh, from the ironworkers, local 512, uh, to the carpenters, to the laborers, 563, uh, to the United Association, which is, you know, the plumbers, pipe fitters, sprinkler fitters, all those great organizations. And I know I'm forgetting some of them. You know what, actually, I got to put a plug in for Sheet Metal Local 10 because uh, Matt Fairbanks is my president, and I want to make sure I put a plug in there. But uh, some great organizations that do some great work uh, and uh, very proud to kind of move that thing through. And then for us, uh, you know, it's really about advocating for union construction across the eastern metro, from development to career pathways to um, everything in between, uh, making sure that we're creating great opportunities for people to make a living and uh, raise their families and build strong communities. Well, Don, let's pick up on that because I, I, when I saw your bio and what you've been doing in the community, I, I was really, really uh, tickled to see that you're really working it and you're going into the schools, not just high schools. You're going into the middle schools. Now, talk to me about that. Was this your decision? And what when you started going, I mean, that's a young age, let's be honest. Uh, when you started doing that, what kind of reaction did you get? You know, honestly, we got a great reaction, and I'll tell you, um, this really stems from understanding, you know, we don't, everybody in America, right, every student in high school or, or elementary school or even, you know, kindergarten, at some point in their life, they're going to have to choose a career and pick a job. I mean, that's really what this kind of comes down to. And, and then how do we figure out and help them kind of guide them through that path of success? So that's what really this kind of just stemmed from is, is just a passion to say, hey, we've got to do better. We've we've got to, you know, in the in the 90s and the early 2000s, you know, with budget cuts and everything else, they cut out shop classes, but they cut out that career pathway. They just said, okay, everybody's going to college, right? That's the next mm -hmm. step. You're just going to college, and and we we had to do something better. And uh, so this is, allows us opportunity uh, to not say, hey, you're going to go do this, or you should go do this, but to give those students the uh just let them explore all these great things that are out there uh you know i like to say con construction's the best kept secret in america right there's some great things it's been a great life for me uh you know and it's been a great life for a lot of people out there 
uh, to provide a pathway, uh, you know, a successful pathway. So, um, you know, there's, it's really, that's what it's about. It's about just showing them different things. And, you know, it's truthfully, we've been doing it for years. Kids been playing with building blocks, Legos, those sort of things for years. And we're just trying to expand that a little bit. So now we go out there and, uh, you know, we'll build a bridge out of, uh, out of, uh, uh, out of sticks or we'll, you know, uh, we do a thing where the, the plumbers have a great thing where they, they build a, a marshmallow blowgun at a PVC pipe. I mean, there's just some fun stuff to do. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That's great. Yeah, I, I hear you. I've got a, a four-year-old grandson, and he just loves his trucks. He, I mean, he comes over, and the trucks are all over the family room, and he just he just loves them. And I, I get what you're saying there, but let me let me go back to that middle school time. I'm wondering if you if you follow them from school. So you got okay. Let's let's for a seventh or eighth grader, you go into that class or whenever outside a class, and you um, you talk to them about a career in construction. Do you pick up on it when they say they're tenth, eleventh grade, and say, okay, what what are you thinking about this? What what's what's your take on this? Are you interested? Are you are, are you you know when you graduate from high school, maybe you want to join the apprenticeship program? Do you, in other words, do you follow through with this, Don? Is that happening? Oh yeah, it's it's important right now. Listen, there's uh, some rules and that we have to about tracking kids and kind of doing this, but this is a whole, I want to say it's a whole process Um, from middle school. We start with, we call it kids to learn kind of thing. And we, we build some pieces through that. And then when they get into high school, we follow up with, you know, the, the NAB to North American building trades unions have got done a great job with their multi-craft curriculum. It's called the MC three. It's online. Now schools can utilize it to, kind of build curriculum. So in several high schools uh, in the Eastern Metro, we've done some stuff where they're using the curriculum, they're teaching a construction 101 class, or they're teaching, you know, an intro into construction. And then we're kind of building those pieces. And then what we do is right before their, the summer of their junior year, as they're going into their senior year, we have a piece called the Minnesota Trades Academy. Now the Minnesota Trades Academy is a nine week summer job. We've partnered with the local county here and the local city uh, to provide a summer job program uh, that puts them into every training center across uh, across all the building trades uh, for three to five days uh, and gives them that exposure and then lets them do some outside projects stuff that, you know, like they'll build a tiny house or they'll build some other things, uh, giving them that exposure. And then at the end of it, we sit down with them, their parents, their school counselor, and say, okay, what are you thinking, right? Can you give us your top three? And then from there, they can tailor their senior year's classes. For example, if they need some help with their math, we can help We can help them with math. If they need some additional tutoring, we can go get them the additional tutoring to for their senior year of high school that really sets them up for success. And then kind of push them into, you know, some of our trades have a helper program. We can push them into that piece then kind of let them, uh, you know, fill in for or to apply to the apprenticeship program or some of them have direct entry into their apprenticeship programs. We move them into those pieces and we've had some success at it. And it's, you know, it's it's doing really well. Yeah, it sounds like a great model there. Don Mullen joining us on our live line from St. Paul, Minnesota. He is executive secretary of the St. Paul Building and Construction Trades Council. We'll continue the conversation right after this. This is America's Workforce. 
It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as healthcare and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with Lyuna. Find out what it takes for Lyuna to keep America running at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at boydwatterson.com. The AFL-CIO is a proud sponsor of America's Workforce Radio. United by efforts to raise wages, listeners to this show and workers all across America are beginning to turn a corner and drive the economic debate. The AFL-CIO is comprised of 12.5 million working people, but we stand with and fight for everyone who is working for a better life. For more information about our Raising Wages agenda, go to AFLCIO.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Let's go back to St. Paul, Minnesota. Rejoin Don Mullen on behalf of the St. Paul Building and Construction Trades Council. Forgot to mention the website. It's uh, mntrades.org. mntrades.org. Don, uh, great job on, on what you're doing in the, uh, the middle schools there. Get the conversation started for uh, young people to get involved in the trades, but then there's barriers. And especially when it comes to the female population, you got issues of childcare. And I know some unions have done a really good job on that. I'd like to get your perspective of those barriers. It, it could be a driver's license. I mean, there's some young people. I was mentioning this at the top of the show. When you're young, you're a little bit crazy and you might get way too many speeding tickets or accidents. And all of a sudden, your license goes away, which is not a good time in a young person's life. How are you dealing with that, Don? You know, there's some great stuff that we're doing. Um, again, it goes back to those local partnerships with the county and the city. Uh, you know, we we represent on the Eastern Metro about four and a half counties. So we've partnered with the biggest county uh, in, in the city of St. Paul about how we're effectively moving uh, and setting students up and we call I just call them students so but we're setting people up for success so you know uh, the school system you know when I was going through high school I took my driver's training in school it was one of an elective and no longer is it that but one of the barriers that we found was that it's here in Minnesota it's about four hundred dollars to get your to go through the training which you have to have to get your driver's license so as you can see you know as, as, as times have changed right that's pretty hard to come up with 400 bucks to do so so the county has done some initiative to where they'll they'll put you into that training model. They'll pay for it, 
to let you get your driver's license or if you've gotten some tickets and you've got to move through those pieces that maybe haven't made the best decisions in your life we work with the county attorney's office or the city and the city attorney's office to help get that stuff uh changed right so that you can then go get your driver's license and then one of the next things we've seen is we've We've seen that, you know, not only is that the problem, but, you know, reliable transportation is a problem. So what do we need to do for those next steps to move through there? So we've partnered up with local credit unions across the Eastern Metro about saying, okay, now how do we help them not only build credit, but then get themselves in a situation? Because we know the job's there. How do we then help them kind of get a car loan to kind of move that thing through so that they can then go purchase a car? So mm-hmm. we're in that process now of, of bringing the credit unions into this thing. There's been some great partners there uh, about how do we kind of move uh, and do some of that work. And, and we're, you know, I don't want to say it's successful just yet because we're still kind of building on some things. But I, I see it being, you know, there's some a large, uh, there's a buzz about it, if you will, uh, and some excitement about, in the room around, you know, being able to provide this pathway and helping people, you know, kind of get back up on their feet uh, that maybe haven't had that opportunity. Don, let me ask you, how are we doing with uh, the female quotient in the trades, especially reaching out to them? And, and I know national, NAB2, you mentioned NAB2 a couple times in this conversation. They're doing what they can to reach out. They just had the Tradeswomen Build Nations Conference in Las Vegas over the weekend. And and I know I know it's picking up. Uh, but one of the issues, as you well know, is child care for, for females. Um, how are we faring with that in St. Paul, Minnesota? Is, is there any outreach going on there? Always. I, I think it's an important part to this piece. I just want to circle back to you a second. Almost 2,800 women uh, were out at that trades conference, and my daughter was one of them. My daughter's a, a third-year uh, apprentice plumber uh doing a great job but um 2800 trades women out at that conference wow uh, which great turnout you know i'll tell you here uh you know we've got a great partnership uh with the city of st paul around child care and as you know in construction we start early right this is you know at 6 30 in the morning we're already at work so you're really looking at dropping your kids off at 5 30 and uh that becomes a whole different conversation about finding those locations and about how do we manage those pieces. So we've been working with a lot of groups uh, around uh, a lot of community-based organizations around how we're providing childcare and making sure that the funding's there to manage those pieces. Um, I'm going to tell you that, is it a perfect system? It's never going to be a perfect system, but we're really focused our energy around that work because it's extremely important to us. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as ladies coming into the trades, I think now we're seeing more than ever, um, but we need more, right? There's, there's great opportunities for, for everybody to get into the trades and we need to make sure that our trades organizations look like our community uh, and it's important that we're doing that work and we continue to do that outreach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beyond females, of, you know, people of color. And there's a lot of people in that category that we have to reach out to. And you think about the trades, what they can be making. I know there's a push in a lot of the inner cities. And you think about a lot of people in service jobs are making $15 an hour at that. You could be making six figures if you go through that apprenticeship program. That That's life-changing. It really is. You mentioned your daughter. 
If you would be so kind. In fact, we're going to do a show on that with uh, Gina Walsh. Gina was one of the participants in the Tradeswomen Build Nations Conference, and I believe we have her on Thursday. If you would be so kind when we're done with this show, would you pass on her information? I'd like to uh, like to put her on the show and talk to her about getting involved in the trades. Could we do that, Don? Of course. I'd be more than happy to. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll clear it through her. Sometimes she's a little bit shy, but... Uh... I'd be more than happy to, to share her information. And, and there's a several, there's a lot of good people in the industry uh, that are doing some good work. So if you'd like some others, I would be more than happy to sure, help sure, pass sure. their information along too. So, um, you know, there's, they're out there doing the work, right? I mean, uh, I've got a friend, she's a, she's a glazer by trade. And, uh, you know, she just got back from the trades women conference. And this morning at three o'clock in the morning, She's driving over to Green Bay to go to work because uh, the, the, the boss called her and said, hey, I need you to go to Green Bay tomorrow, right? So, I mean, these women are out there doing it every day and, and doing yeah. a great job. Yeah, I, I know the painters have done a really good job with uh, reaching out to uh, women and minorities. So, yeah, that's good Good to hear. And I understand the shyness part. I mean, if she doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to push her or anything like that. But I just want to give that opportunity because it'll speak volumes to those listening to the show saying, hey, wait a minute. I like what she's a Don, Don Mullen's daughter. I can do that too. So uh, that that um, that conversation may happen. It may not happen. But you know, whoever you can bring to the table, that's what this show is all about. We want to promote people in the trades, no matter who they are, where they're going. It doesn't matter. It's all important. Don, we're just about out of time here. Any closing remarks here for our listeners? I mean, you're doing a great job. I'd like to have another conversation with you down the road. Because you're you're doing especially with the middle school. So any parting words for our audience? Well, listen, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank you first, and thank you for your work. I mean, getting the message out there and and just telling people that there's opportunities is is key to this conversation. So really appreciate the work you're doing, and then I just really appreciate everybody out there building America, right? Building those communities and providing a pathway for for men and women across uh, all all communities. Uh, to do and have a great career. I mean, that's what this is about and, and their continued work there. So thank you all for that and appreciate the opportunity to speak. There you go. Building America the Union Way. MNTrades.org is a website. Don Mellon, who is the Executive Secretary of the St. Paul Building and Construction Trades Council. Don, great job. Thank you. And that's it for another edition of America's Workforce tomorrow. Latest from the United Labor Agency, the American Federation of Teachers, and the Central California Building Trades. Jam-packed show. That's tomorrow. Until then, all of you, have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.